Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. Welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Bob. (laughs) You're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) We got feedback saying that Bob is too extra. Sorry. That's just who I am as a person. So I'm just Bob now. Listen, it was constructive criticism from a friend. (laughs) Also, why did your Xbox capture shit just pop up on my computer while I'm recording my podcast? I don't know. How about you go out of here, Xbox? No one wants you here. Apparently, I'm the problem with all the podcasts. Oh, shut my up. My program, my... <laughs> okay, back to business. I honestly don't have a lot of bantery life updates. I'm pretty much just eating healthier and getting my ass kicked by VR exercise games. Yeah, that's, uh, that's VR pretty much my life. Will, will absolutely kick your butt. If you're looking for a good workout and you don't have a lot of space or you don't have the will to go outside, it's worth it. Yeah, I'm currently doing a mix of Beat Saber Fit XR, I think is what it's called. Not VR. Fit something. Fit something R. And Supernatural, and, uh, they're no joke. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing you could add to the Supernatural would be to have actually Sam and Dean have you chased by monsters. Oh, I was hoping that they would be my coaches. So I could look at Jensen Ackles and he would give me happy words of encouragement. You got this. Yeah. (laughs) Do a Misha one. Do a Misha one. (laughs) Now you put me on the spot. I'm trying to think. (laughs) trying to think how he talks damn it's been been a while well a cast one yeah cast you're talking cast not misha so go ahead you've got this that's almost there it wasn't your best but you're almost there or or you've got this or maybe try this move the pizza man showed me this (laughs) that's one of my favorite talents of yours Uh, so this, this show is... Not about Supernatural. No, it's not about Supernatural, and it's gonna be wild, both in news and movie. So I say we just jump right in. You ready? I'm as ready as I can be. Watson's about to throw a fit about something. Yeah, that's standard. Alright, so the trailer has been released for the series The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Bob and I watched it earlier today. It looks pretty good. It looks like another kind of underdog hockey team trying to just go out there and have fun kind of story. And that, I think, is staying true to the to the history of the franchise. So I'm down with that. 
Yeah, I believe I've read that it's actually being written and overseen by the guy who wrote the original Mighty Ducks. So, all three of them. So, I, I think we're on a, a, a continued franchise that, honestly, I wasn't sure where they could go with it. But by restarting it and having Emilio Estevez pick up the reins as, as a new coach, I'm down. Yeah, I'm excited. My next bit of news is that the full list of available films and shows for Disney Star has also been released. It is too much to post here. Google that shit. (laughs) Yeah, we could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, and considering we're not getting it in the US, I don't really have the motivation to do an episode on that. I did notice that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on there, though, so... That's pretty choice. Yeah, to all of our international listeners, the list does exist. Good luck to you, and share your codes with us, and I'm not saying something illegal. (laughs) Oh, God. Can you not get me banned from iTunes, please? I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, So the big news this week in regards to Disney Plus is that they have acknowledged some of their blatant racism in some of their movies, and they've actually gone so far as to block those movies for kids under the age of six. And that list is Dumbo, The Jungle Book, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Swiss Family Robinson, Fantasia, The Aristocats, Mickey Mouse Club, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and Davy Crockett. Darby O'Gill and the Little People is racist. <laughs> no one saw that coming. Said everyone. <laughs> now, it should be noted, they're not taken down from Disney+. Plus. One of the features of Disney Plus is that you can make profiles for children. Yep. So if you have a kid that you just want to be able to sit down in front of the TV and let them pick what they want to watch, they can have their own profile, but these will cut off at the age of six. Okay, so my question is, is why didn't we just do that with Song of the South as well? I think because that one's just so bad. I mean, it is. I'm vying for it because I've never seen it, and I would like to just see how bad it is. But outside of that, I'd probably never watch it again. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. If you're post six, you can you can make that decision for yourself. But yet you're not giving us the decision with that one. I think that one has just been so blatantly bad for so long. Like even in the 90s, we knew that was bad. Right. And if you go back and watch 90s TV shows, which like, don't get me wrong. I love some friends, but man, there are some problematic shit in there. So I think just times have changed and movies that maybe necessarily weren't causing quite as much of a stir as they should now are. Yeah. Dumbo especially springs to mind. Yeah. So I I think this is a, a cool decision. I'm glad they did it and they can kind of introduce, I mean, parents could show those movies to their kids when they're super young if they want, but I also don't hate the idea of maybe it giving people pause and making them think, Maybe I can show this to my kid when they're a little bit older and kind of explain the context of it so that the kids don't grow up with that institutional racism kind of, like, ingrained in their brains. You know what I mean? I guess. I mean, and and I, I, I can understand definitely if you're growing up a person of color and you're seeing that in that role that maybe you could be influenced by that in, like... As we said, you know, Dumbo, oh, like, that's how people that look like me are treated. And I, I, I get it. Yeah, it's reasonable. And don't get me wrong. These are classic Disney films. But going back and looking at them, no. Did they affect me personally? No. But I got that whole lot of white privilege going on. And I wasn't looking at it as me. So, you know, I'm glad that they've made that at least an option. 
Yeah, and I really like it because they are truly owning their fuck-ups. Because they didn't just do this and say, hey, these ones are blocked for kids under six. Yeah. They actually released statements about each individual movie. And they said, we have blocked Dumbo because... The crows were called the Jim Crows and that, you know, was the name of a law system that encouraged racism and they had black stereotypes and Peter Pan had Native Americans, but it was kind of a generalized stereotype of Native Americans and did not pay homage to individual tribes and their actual practices. And like they addressed each individual one, which I think is pretty cool. For a company as big as Disney that could just be like, screw you guys, we got billions of dollars. Right. They've acknowledged their troubled past, and they've kind of updated also a disclaimer on each of those movies. When you do watch them as an adult, there's a disclaimer under the episode description that's like, hey, this was bad shit, but we're growing. And then it has a link to, I think it's called like Disney stories or something like that. But it's their stories that are specifically told by minorities and more diverse groups. To kind of be like, hey, check out some of these things that are being made by black creators and women and that kind of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. They've actually partnered with a bunch of organizations that promote representation in the media. There's a list of 10 to 15 different organizations that they are actively working with to try to create new content that is more inclusive. So, like, good job, Disney. Yeah. In lighter news, all five seasons of The Muppet Show will be coming to Disney Plus on February 19th. Woohoo! <laughs> the VR short Myth of Frozen Tale, which I've seen in the Oculus store as I've been browsing for stuff, that will be coming to Disney Plus in 2D on February 26th. I'm sorry, the what is this? I missed this, but totally. Yeah, it's under... No, I did, what is the name of it? Myth a Frozen Tale. Ooh, I know not of anything of it. You wouldn't know it's a frozen thing from the logo uh... so much. It You have to like see it in the subtitle. I've been curious about it, but I don't think it's free and i'm not sure i'm invested enough actually i know i'm not invested enough to pay for it but anyway i said this episode was going to be wild here you go jason scott lee has been cast in a new disney plus comedy series called doogie kamealoha md and it is a reboot of doogie hauser that takes place in modern day hawaii it's a 10 episode show and it's about Lahila, I'm really sorry if I'm butchering this, Doogie, Doogie being her nickname, Kamealoha, a mixed-race 16-year-old girl. She is juggling a medical career and her life as a teenager. Her mom is a quote-unquote spitfire Irish mother called Dr. Clara Hannon, who's also her supervisor at the hospital, and her Hawaiian father, who will be played by Jason Scott Lee, who is struggling to accept his daughter is no longer his little girl. Because... Technically, she isn't yet. (laughs) (laughs) Peyton Elizabeth Lee will be playing the lead role of Doogie in the series, with Kathleen Rose Perkins playing Dr. Kara Hannon. I never watched the original Doogie Hauser. I mean, I did. Like, it was on in the background Uh when I was growing up, but I was a little young to actually retain any of it. So I don't know how I feel about this. I feel kind of indifferent, I think. It was a fine show back in the day. Do I think we need it? No. Does it help with representation? Yes. It could be an interesting show. It's not geared towards me. Let's just put it that way. I'm talking a lot, and it's not a show that is necessarily geared to my demographic. That's kind of where I'm at. It's not super made for me either. 
And maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's going to be awesome. Maybe for all we know, it's going to be the kickoff show that is just like, wow, we got to watch that show. I doubt it. I mean, I do love Jason Scott Lee, so it's got that going for it. The next show announcement we have is Foodtastic. It is hosted and executive produced by Kiki Palmer, who starred in Aquila and the Bee. She was in the Disney Channel original movie Jump In. She kind of started off as a Disney kid, but now she's all grown up and doing her own music and stuff. Cool. In this show, food artists design sculptures based on Disney characters and scenes. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely my kind of jam. You know I love a Food Network competition. Yeah, food statues. Interesting. Yeah. And this is really cool. All the unused food will be donated to local food banks. Nice. Yeah, good job. And then the last bit of news I have is that Disney is really trying to make me watch this fucking Pinocchio movie. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Evans has been added to the cast. (laughs) He's going to play the coachman, who is the creepy dude that lures the boys to Pleasure Island. Yeah. I still don't know that I give a shit about this movie, even though I love Luke Evans with all of my heart. So now we have Luke Evans and Tom Hanks? Yes. Interesting. How about a Marvel Minute, Bob? You got anything for us? Not a lot at all, and that's honestly not a bad thing. We're in the middle of WandaVision. As of recording this, one through three have aired... Four will have aired by the time this drops. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff going on in that. Hopefully, you know, at some point, maybe we'll get to talk about it in some way, shape, or form. I see what you did there with that transition. (laughs) And let's be real. We fucking love Marvel a lot. Me? A lot, a lot. I don't have a half-sleeve Marvel tattoo on my body. No. We love that Marvel is doing all these TV shows on Disney+, Plus, but my podcast is dedicated to Disney movies. And that makes me sad because I want to talk about them. So what we're thinking of doing is every few episodes of WandaVision, kind of recording just a little short and sweet. Here's what we thought of the episode. No drinks, no roulette, none of that kind of stuff. Just a quick chat, sum up how we're feeling. Bob will, I'm sure, have 50,000 theories for how things are going because he looks up that shit. I already do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bursting at the seams, people. I need an outlet. Yeah. What we'll probably do is for Disney Plus Roulette, we'll just drop some occasional bonus episodes. I don't want to make any commitments to when those are going to drop because I can barely get my own episodes up on time. As Because your girl has a busy life right now with her commute and everything else, so. Yeah. But in addition to that, Bob is... Do you want to talk about it? You want me to talk about it? Sure. Either way, uh, we're putting together kind of... A cross-platform thing it'll definitely be up on like a youtube facebook kind of thing um putting together four people to sit around and kind of go in depth kind of disney plus roulette ish but for all of the disney plus marvel stuff for now and so as i said i'm busting at the seams to talk about this and my goal is to have a relatively representative couch of three other people who love Marvel. And so we can talk about it from, you know, all of our different viewpoints and what's going on and what we think is going to happen and what are the clues and even some of the most ridiculous theories I've ever heard of, which I was just telling Kate about, that there's a flag signaling Easter egg possibly in WandaVision. So yeah, stupid stuff. But hey, if it's truly in there and meant to be there, I think it's really cool. 
Yeah. And I'm going to try to pop in when I can. It's going to be harder with my work schedule, but Bob's going to amass some, some buddies and recruit some people and do something fun. And we'll try and also pull the audio and make it its own little mini podcast. The, it's it's going to be edit light, so you're going to hear most of the conversation and things like that. So that's the hope. That's the dream. You know, we'll see where we go from there. But you're all well invited because uh, we love you for listening. Yep. All right. Let's get into the movie, yeah? Showa. Okay, this week we watched Wendy Wu, a homecoming warrior. And we'll start us off talking about our drink, which the drink was kind of a, a whim, a whim decision. Literally whipped up right before we started recording this podcast. It is tasty. Because we were ordering Taco Bell and I saw that they had a- Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Oh God, if I could get free Taco Bell though. <laughs> we each got a Midnight Berry Freeze. Which is some kind of fake blue flavored, blue raspberry chemical flavored stuff. You know, general slurpy kind of fare. Can you tell we're not sponsored? <laughs> to that, we added a shot of silver tequila, a shot of Chambord, and a shot of UV blue, blue raspberry vodka. And I have to say, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a blue raspberry margarita and I am down for yeah. it. And the name that I've given it is the blue eyeshadow because Ooh. this movie takes place in 2006 and there is a fuck ton of blue eyeshadow happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, taking it back to WandaVision, her her eyeshadow was almost as good as Monica Rambeau's in the third episode. Oh yeah, all over the place. If that means anything to anyone. But moving on. <laughs> so let's get into some trivia. Like I said, this movie aired in 2006. It is a Disney Channel original movie. And 5.7 million viewers tuned into its premiere, making it the fifth most watched Disney Channel original movie at the time. Dang. The lead star, Brenda Song, of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody fame. Yep. She has a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, I could tell. Yeah, she did her own martial arts in the movie, which is pretty badass. (laughs) And speaking of badass, she trained 16 hours a day for four weeks. And during filming breaks, she had to fly from Auckland, New Zealand, where the movie was being filmed, back to the United States to film The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. This girl is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, another reason I question, because we were we talked a very, 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 very little bit during the movie, and she mentioned that it was filmed in New Zealand, and I was like, why would you film a, a Disney movie in New Zealand? That's a lot of cost. You don't have a set. You don't have anything that you could just do it somewhere in Disney property. And then on top of that, you got to fly your star back so that she can film her regular TV show. Throwing money at this one. I think it's really cheap to film stuff in New Zealand, though. I think that's why Xena and Herc filmed over there. I mean, that's agreed. That's why they did Lord of the Rings and and, and many other things. But it just seems like a lot of money when you have Disney Studios. I don't know. Well, it's Disney, so they doing all right. <laughs> Not at this moment. It, like, they, I mean, they had Disney money, but they weren't Marvel rich yet. That's true. So the movie starts and we've got a bunch of monks practicing martial arts. The lead actor that they're focusing on during this scene, I recognize from The Last Samurai. He was actually one of my favorite things of... In The Last Samurai, he played Nobutada, and the actor's name is Shin Koyamada, and I love him. So I was pretty psyched when it turned out that he was the lead male in this movie. Yes. 
so we find out that there's something evil on its way and an something old something wicked this way comes yes indeed an old monk master gives him four metallic animals and he is supposed to go to the united states and find wendy who is supposed to be their warrior to defend them against this evil dang i thought it was going to be teenagers with attitude what no, no, Power Rangers, it's not, oh. Oh, ironically though, two of the people in this movie played Power Rangers in huh. some of the weird, like, offshoot Power Rangers. Yeah, the later ones. Yeah. So then we cut to Wendy in school in California. The first thing I notice is that she has them 2000s chunky highlights going on. <laughs> I rocked those a lot in college. So Wendy is perfect, you guys, and she has the perfect boyfriend. And she wants to be homecoming queen, but now Jessica has decided to run for homecoming queen as well, and Wendy's throne is at risk. Oh my god, like the walls in the mall are like totally, totally tall for sure. This is pretty much the main theme of the movie. Wendy wants to be homecoming queen. The world's ending, but she wants to be homecoming queen, you guys. Hold on, let, let, me, let me stack that even further. The world could be ending. You're a badass martial artist with superpowers that have started to show up in your normal life, and you care about homecoming queen. It's very important. So Wendy goes to her mom's job at the museum. Her mom is a... Is the person that runs, like, the individual departments called a curator? Uh, I don't know. She's, like, sorting through different items. There's a bunch of traditional Chinese artifacts that have come in, and she's trying to date them all and figure out what's happening with all of them. Her mom is the Evie of the Chinese world rather than the Egyptian world. Yes, yes. The mummy Evie, not our dog Evie. That took me a second. That's the same person, right? <laughs> so she's pestering her mom about her homecoming competition while her mom is at work. And her mom tells her to maybe focus on priorities like helping out at home and feeding her dog Cupcake. Her takeaway from this conversation is to make cupcakes to win the election. Because homecoming is important. Wait, you not feeding your dog? Right? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the monk, whose name is later revealed to be Shen. I'm just going to go ahead and say Shen now, so I don't have to keep calling him the dude. I wrote the dude for about 20% of my notes. Shen is hitchhiking, but no one will pick him up. So he does the normal thing and just speed runs after a van and climbs on top of it and then meditates on top of this van as it drives down the road across the country. Like you do. Like you do, and you can run fast enough to catch a van that was clearly going around 45, 55 miles an hour. Cool. But he can't maintain that, Bob. He's like a dwarf. Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Apparently that is one of the Lord of the Rings quotes that lives rent-free in my head. Yes. This morning he asked me what lines from Lord of the Rings live rent-free in my head, and I thought, all of them. Yes. The book. Oh, God. Blue okay? eyeshadow just flung back into my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't be healthy. <laughs> that is not Visine, honey. No. So Shen arrives at her house, and he pulls out a scroll to verify that the house matches this ancient scroll that has prophesied where he needs to go. And on the scroll is, like, a printer-quality drawing of her house. <laughs> yeah, and earlier he had one of her face. Yeah. And I was like, at that point, 
why weren't these scrolls just passed down? And when you open it up and look at it and see it's your daughter, you need to start training them. Whatever. Apparently that's not how things are done. Shen knocks on her door and tells her she's basically some kind of ancient warrior reincarnated. And then they do some martial arts with a broom. And she kicks him out. <laughs> As I said, her superpowers already showing up, but homecoming queen. That's what's important. Right. Then we go to the museum, an old box gets delivered, and inside this box is the evil spirit. And it possesses the security guard, and coincidentally, her brother happens to show up at the museum right after this happens. And the evil spirit transfers over to her brother. We've got a fallen situation here, everyone. We have a fallen situation. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Yeah, so he was delivering pizza, and the security guard was like, flashy eyes, now you're the evil one. Yes. Wendy is at home watching TV. Jessica, her nemesis, is the guest weather person, because apparently that's a thing that they have in this town. And, oh, no, you guys, she's got Jessica for homecoming cupcakes, and she's handing them out tomorrow at school. After her dad and her have spent all day making over 500 cupcakes. It's the worst. And then Wendy screams into a pillow. Shen parkours onto the roof of her house and sneaks in. He finds her possessed brother using the artifact to kind of suck the life force out of her, Dementor style. Not with the kissing, more with the ball. Yeah, magical artifact ball sucking life out of her. And then there is lots of kung fu fighting that... These two were kung fu fighting. We're not gonna get copyright infringement. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that when I was singing earlier. <laughs> So there's a lot of kung fu that happens. Wendy is sleeping while this whole thing is happening. The guys throw goldfish at each other. It's very strange, and it goes on for a long time. Not the crackers. Like, Actual physical goldfish. goldfish. Now, I gotta say, I think all of the people involved in doing the martial arts show absolute skill in what they're doing. Yes. I think they relied way too heavy on the wire tricks for... The wire tricks can be used in a very homage way, and I think they can be used well. I just think they relied very heavy on it for this TV movie. I mean, that's true, but also, have you seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? That's all the movie is. <laughs> and I wasn't a fan of the, that movie back then, even when that came out, and everybody was all about it. But, that being said, the one thing I noticed about this movie when we got into the, the action scenes, and even this, where we're, we're in their house, okay? We're in a modern 90s home. Every time either of them would hit each other, and this goes for every hit in the movie, it was like that person was covered in flour. Yeah, there was dust everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Just, you hit the person and it was like... <laughs> it just kept taking me out of the moment. Every hit. Yeah, I also noticed that and chuckled at it when we were watching it. So eventually Shen pulls out this amulet and the evil thing is obviously scared of it. It transfers to the dog and the dog runs off through the doggy door. Not cupcake! Yep, poor little cupcake. Shen puts the amulet on Wendy while she's sleeping. The next morning, Wendy wakes up and rips off the amulet. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. And then she dumps her 500 cupcakes on her mom and leaves. Because this girl is a fucking peach. Yeah, I don't want cupcakes because Jessica has cupcakes. At Wendy is the worst. <laughs> like, she kind of sucks for most of this movie. Yeah. So their grandma sees Shen 
just like chilling in the tree outside their house and grandma knows what's up. She asks him in and asks him to protect Wendy because she knows that he is a monk. She knows why he's there and that that must mean that Wendy is a warrior. Wendy gets in the car with her friends and Shen chases after them on a razor scooter and then grabs on the back and what do they call that? Skitchen. Skitchen? Skitching. Oh yeah, skate and hitching. Yeah, yeah. skitching. So yeah, he's skitching on the back of their car on a razor scooter and eventually gets flung off and into a bunch of bushes on the side of the road. Next is Wendy at soccer practice. She does a bicycle kick with about four extra aerial spins and clocks Jessica, the goalie. Her body flies back like 10 feet into the net. Yeah. I kind of want to do the, the Mythbusters on how much force a soccer ball would have to hit a person <laughs> to knock them back six feet. And what damage it would do to their body internally. That fucking show was on for years. They probably did it. <laughs> so obviously Wendy has some martial arts skills that are really starting to show through. She's been exuding superpowers and yet Homecoming Queen is is her. That's what's important. Focus. Shen catches up to her. He explains that he has been reincarnated for years and years and years to protect warriors and that she is also a warrior and that's why he's pestering her. The evil that is trying to take over the world is called Yan Lo and we see the dog possessed by Yan Lo go to the school and then it gets transferred to the principal. Wendy is telling people that Shen is her cousin because this dude is following her around and it's weird. Uh, but generally, she's trying to keep him on the down low. He just keeps showing up again and insisting on her wearing the amulet. It's supposed to protect her, and she's just ignoring him, and he's walking up to random friends and strangers and just shoving the amulet in their face to see if they are uh, Yan Lo in disguise. It's kind of goofy, but that part actually kind of cracked me up. I think the actor did a good job delivering that with, like, kind of real wry humor. I don't think Shin was your standard Disney kid. No. <laughs> so Shen is like outside her house meditating slash sleeping at night watching over her. Grandma comes out and puts a blanket on him and she puts the amulet on Wendy again. Wendy wakes up, finds the amulet on her body again and chucks it at him. She is very, very dead set on not wearing this amulet that's supposed to protect her from a world ending being. It really makes it look as though he creeped into her bedroom. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. So they go to school. Shen tackles the principal because he realizes that Yan Lo is in him and wards him off with the amulet. Yan Lo transfers to one of the teachers. And this is what I was talking about. Shen is just following her around school, shoving the amulet in everyone's faces. And it's pretty yep. funny. Jessica comes up to her and tells her that she is disqualified from soccer in homecoming because you guys, her grades in world history are not good enough. It's really bad. And she knows she's not going to do well on her Chinese history exam because she's just so out of touch with her culture. Ugh. Shen tells her he'll teach her. It just so happens that it's Chinese history. Yes, very yeah. conveniently. I very specifically good. studied just Chinese history a lot when I was in school here in the U.S. I mean, you might have in California. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to find some sort of benefit of the doubt. I had like 10 minutes on the Silk Road and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So step one to her studying for her test is martial arts training. We have a montage. She eats chips. She falls down a lot. She repeatedly kicks him in the shoulder because she can't aim. Now she has to study, but not really because she has the knowledge of all those before her and she just needs to tap into it with meditation. I almost said medication. She needs to tap into it with meditation. That's a different movie. <laughs> 
And of course, when she does that, she gets an A. Very convenient. No montage for that. No anything. We just cut to the next day and boom, she's walking out. She's giddy and she's got an A. Yeah, they just show her meditating on top of her desk while everyone else is taking a test, which is super rude. No one else wants to hear you oming all the time. But uh, yeah, she gets an A. That night, her grandma tells her that her great-grandmother was a warrior, and now it is Wendy's turn. So grandma kind of knew that this was coming somewhere in the family at some point. And you could tell no one? Apparently not. Her family walks in while she and her grandma are talking, and the grandmother says that Shen is a distant family member, and he's going to stay with them. Shen makes some cakes some traditional Chinese cakes and dad gets emo and out of nowhere out of nowhere and just like I gotta go skulks upstairs and no one goes after him to see if he's okay it's just bye dad <laughs> it's real it weird was, dad would you like some dessert my life and walks off and it's like what just happened yeah he just hit midlife crisis at 90 miles an hour <laughs> so the next day Wendy takes Shen to the mall for a makeover so that he doesn't look so strange in her school walking around in his monk robes. I was a little sad that we didn't get a montage to Let's Go to the Mall. I mean, we may as well have because that's what it was. We had a trying on different weird hats and baggy cargo pants and every other horrible trend from the early 2000s. Hey, honey. So we went from all of these different outfits and then really we just changed one thing and now he's a hunk yeah they took his ponytail out and now he has long surferish kind of hair <laughs> and everybody thinks he's super hot and awesome everybody thought ponytails were weird but apparently not ponytails are hunky i mean not being in monk's robe was also probably helpful because dude like dudes he had some guns that were like on display maybe the robes were sleepless i don't remember they actually were yeah i believe yeah no like she was dressing him up, dressing him down, and putting on all this stuff, but she left the ponytail in. And then as soon as we see the final thing, the only thing that's really different than some of the other clothing was the ponytail. Yep. So after their little mall makeover, we go back to the house. Dad is having a I feel guilty for turning my back on my heritage scene. So that's why he got all emo. And he confesses to his wife that the cakes actually tasted really good, but they were just a reminder of how much he's turned his back on his Chinese culture. No one asked, Dad. I know, it was like a weird-ass subplot that literally lasted that scene. And that was yeah. it. <laughs> when Wendy and Shen go back to school, Austin, the boyfriend, is throwing a lot of shade at Shen. But at this point, Shen, like we were saying, he has gone, quote, from monk to hunk. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. They said it. They said those words. I missed it. <laughs> Shen and Wendy have a heart-to-heart -heart later, and he kind of, I don't think he did it on pur purpose, but he puts hella pressure on her to save the world. He's basically like, yeah, we have to do this or else the world is going to end and I'm going to die and also probably you're going to die. <laughs> oh, and I have to die in the process. Yes. He also confesses that it is his destiny to not survive this fight and to s sacrifice himself to save her. She asks him if he has had girlfriends in the past, and he is like, no, I'm a monk. I don't get to have girlfriends. And he asks what it's like to be in love, but she doesn't know because Austin is a tool and she doesn't love him. <laughs> They're both just kind of there because they look good together and they think they will help each other be homecoming king and queen. Their words. That's not even us summarizing. That is their words. Yeah, yeah they're class people. Next, they go to a party. 
and we get this really they've they, she's done a poor job with saying that he's her cousin because now she's starting to get the hots for him and give him some looks and people are like isn't that your cousin when you take the ponytail out if you think your cousin is hot have them put his to- ponytail back in that's the joke i guess so this girl comes up and asks if shen wants to dance with her and wendy obviously gets jealous and is like no and the girl's like isn't he your cousin <laughs> We're kind of together, she says. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. everyone looks at her like, what? And she went, oh, I mean, no, we're not. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he goes off and dances with this girl and Wendy is digging his vibe for sure. Oh, I mean, he, don't get me wrong. He's busting out some moves. Also, the actor is hella attractive and I'm pretty sure I can say that without shame because I'm fairly certain he's a, an, an adult in this movie just like she is i think she's like hella older than a teenager i think she's in her mid-20s or something so austin comes up and just starts being a douche and saying douchey shit and she's like no thanks <laughs> and breaks up with him she goes off to cry by the pool and dun 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 her friend is possessed by the evil guy now yeah for some reason, Wendy has dumped her necklace in a chip bowl. <laughs> I missed that happening. I don't. I don't know if that no, happened while I was typing. No, you didn't notes. miss it. It didn't happen in the movie. Just randomly, her necklace is in the chip bowl. Uh, cool, because that's where talismans go at parties. She has no protection. Her friend comes up with the orb artifact thing and starts sucking her life out of her again. Shen kung fu's his way across the pool in slow motion. Kicks the orb out of her hand, and Wendy and Shen make their getaway. And while they do, the bad guy transfers to Jessica. Dun dun dun! So now that Yanlo has really almost killed her twice now, Wendy's starting to take this seriously. She's like, oh shit, maybe I should actually do some training. And Shen's like, great. And he pulls out these four figurines that were given to him at the beginning of the movie. It's four different animals, and they are supposed to represent different aspects of her training. I know this. It's Tyrannosaurus, Sabertooth Tiger, Triceratops, <laughs> and Dragon Sword. No? No, Pterodactyl. Oh. So each of these items, there is the soul of a master living in them. The first one is a snake. When he conjures the master, she's like, eh, I don't know these dudes. I don't want to le- learn from these guys. So then Shen... I think it would be weird if I was fighting an old guy in the park. People are going to think it's weird and pervy. <laughs> I literally looked at Kate and went, if someone told me I wonder why they're fighting, I would go, I don't know, maybe they're training? Right. And so now instead of being trained by a little old Asian man, that little old Asian man is going to possess old black and white dudes. <laughs> and she's going to train with old black and white dudes. First it's her, uh... Well, yeah, the first one's her coach. But then after that, it's just more fucking old people. <laughs> uh... It was a weird choice. So anyway, first we have the snake, that's the coach, and she is to learn to be flexible and fluid as a snake. And that's basically like, I can climb up poles in a really weird way and be super agile and bounce off of things and things like that. Then there's the leopard. This is supposed to be quick and dodgy, I guess, because her teacher is pelting soccer balls at her and she discovers that she has super speed and can block them all in slow motion and that kind of thing. The next is the crane. It's another teacher. This one's teaching her how to balance. It's a big teacher. Yeah. He's in it to win it. Yeah, he was. (laughs) 
And last but not least, we have the tiger, who is her history teacher. He is to teach her the rage of a fight. And they have a big bamboo stick fight, first with just her and that one teacher, and then her and all the masters and Shen, where she fights off all of them. I gotta say, I was actually pretty impressed. Most of the choreography in that scene was legit. Yeah, this is where Brenda Song truly does show her martial arts prowess. She does some kicks that put her leg up next to her ear, and I'm like, damn, girl, you do know this. You do know how to do this, and I wish the movie was more about this than other stupid drama. Yeah. So at the end of that fight, she's like, I felt it. It's it's in me. It's a part of me. I am a yin warrior. Yay, about fucking time. So then she and Chen go get cappuccinos, and as they are walking along, she gets a phone call from her friends where they are shrieking. Yeah, it was annoying. They are calling to tell her that she has one homecoming queen. One of them is on the homecoming committee and called her to let her know that they just counted the votes and she has one. So what I thought was really interesting about the fact that they have focused on this homecoming queen this entire movie, but at no point did we see ballots, a vote, anything at school. I think she skipped school that day to go train with Shen. It just seemed weird that for all of this focus we're putting on this that we didn't actually see any of the vote. We're just hearing about the outcome. The whole homecoming thing in general, they just don't do anything with it. It yeah. is a very strange subplot. Why not just have it be about a teenage girl who finds out that she has this crazy awesome history? The whole homecoming business wasn't necessary. After she hangs up the phone, she asks Shen to be her date. He's like, well, I can't really do that because, you know, battle's happening. And she's like, wait, I thought that was happening for a while. And he's like, well, a few days. And she said, how few? He said, a couple. And she says, it's tomorrow? Please don't tell me it's during homecoming. Oh no, the end of the world or homecoming. Have you seen an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? That's every fucking day. Do both. Do both. Buffy did both. She went to prom and beat Rutger Hauer. So she is pissed because she has to try to save the world during homecoming and homecoming is all she's ever cared about. And now she's pissed at him because he lied by omission and didn't tell her that it was going to be the same night as homecoming. Because that's his number one concern, I'm sure. <sighs> that girl. Okay, so... Yan Lo, currently possessing Jessica, goes to the museum and he awakens all of the terracotta warriors in the mom's collection. That's convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wendy decides, fuck saving the world, she's gonna go to homecoming in the most god-awful dress I have ever seen. Hot pink, orange, and tulle. Why? It was bad. It was real bad. You could have thrown her on a wall in Taco Bell and she would have looked appropriate. <laughs> Shen, being, you know, a selfless person who understands duty, shows up alone to fight the big bad evil. She's not gonna go, so I guess I gotta go defend humanity. Bye. And when she's almost ready to walk out the door for homecoming, there's a knock on the door. And hey, it's all of her monks still possessing her teachers who show up to shame her and be like, hey, Shen's fighting to the death right now. You just gonna go to your dance? Good job, monks. Yeah, but don't they have families? Don't they have jobs? Don't they have... <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for them to not be possessing innocent people anymore. <laughs> We're verging on Wonder Woman 88, 84 or whatever. 84, yeah. 84. Wendy and the monks show up to the fight. Portion is like, 
to reference Eddie Izzard, it's like England in World War II. America comes charging in. They're like, we're here. And they're like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> That's basically Shen in this battle. He's like, glad you're here. Couldn't have been here 10 minutes ago. Like, he basically yeah. says that to her. <laughs> yeah, basically does. The Terracotta Warriors are all but putty patrollers from Power Rangers. The costumes are so good. I actually, considering the budget and the fact that it was a TV movie, I actually thought it wasn't too bad. I was kind of impressed. But don't get me wrong. It was still on Power Ranger level. I'd put it a step above. Really? I, yeah, oof, I uh, would. Okay, I would. well, I'll let the listeners make their own decision on that one then. But to do that, they would actually have to sit through this movie. <laughs> well, we haven't done our rating yet. Maybe we'll give it a five star. <laughs> We're all in battle now. Wendy faces off with possessed Jessica while the teachers take on the terracotta warriors. And in the middle, the fucking middle of the fight, grandma shows up and is like, hi, I'm here with your traditional Chinese garb. Do you want to change into this and be a true warrior in the middle of your battle? What? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, so what? Is she going to fucking drop trow in the middle of this fight? But no, we don't even address that. It's just an insta-cut. She turns around and she is in her costume. <laughs> she might as well have just morphed. I mean, not costume, technically. She's in her traditional Chinese attire. So that's when the fun starts, though. Yes. She pulls a fucking Mortal Kombat and just... What's that called? The hand thingy. Nah, that's, that's not Mortal Kombat. Uh, it is either Hadouken from Street Fighter... Or it is... Street Fighter, that's what I was Kamehameha from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, she goes straight on Goku. Double palm strike out. I'm gonna fireball this bitch! It is the weakest Kamehameha ever, by the way. Yeah. And she magics Yan Lo out of Jessica's body. Jessica wakes up and is like, Oh, what the fuck? And Wendy tells her to go take the crown. There are things she cares about more now, so... Homecoming's not important anymore! They're all like, yay, we did it. And then Yanlo reforms from all the broken pieces of the terracotta warriors into his true form, which is the jumbo terracotta-y kind of guy, but also green. Which, by the way, they've destroyed all of the terracotta guys. And when they died, they literally burst into the scraps of what were left of the terracotta. And I go, I think the People's Republic of China is going to be a little pissed off right now. That's true. That's not going to go over well. No. That's your mom getting fired. That's what that is. So then Wendy turns to her grandmother and yells, what do I do? And her grandmother says, everything you've learned. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's like the least helpful thing ever. What do we do? One thing. Yes. I've learned a lot of things. <laughs> do all of them at once. So that was my second favorite line. At this point, Shin, Dudesy, is like, oh, I thought I was supposed to die. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to die, wasn't I? Because they got giant monster now and they have to fight it. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I guess I am dying. Cool. <laughs> so Wendy magics again. He has picked up Shen and he's like about to kill him or is killing him, choking him or something. It looks like he's holding him by the shoulder, but for some reason that's killing him. Yeah, it was it was bad. She magics him again and gets him to drop Shen. She then 
picks up Shen's body and he's dead, but then she uses magic and brings him back to life. Which, at what point in her training were they like, oh, by the way, dude, you have magic? That probably would have been a helpful thing to know. Normally, that's like day three, and they only did two days, so... Oh, time constraints. Gotcha. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so she brings him back to life, and then they do one of those, like, karate kid kicks... You know, with like the extended top leg and the curled in bottom leg. You're thinking three ninjas except for two. Fuck yeah, three ninjas. I can't get any of my references today. That's okay, I got you. I got you, you, girl. That's why I keep you around. Yeah, they do the three ninjas kick and hit him simultaneously and they shatter him and really destroy him. This time. Forever. Oh yeah, literally the monks are like, yeah, the fight's over. You're no longer going to pass down these lives. You did it. The cycle's broken because, like, the way he was talking, I was like, oh my god, if they say true love was the answer after all, I was gonna, like, vomit in my mouth. But that's basically what he got to, was, like, you've used your love of family and your love of your culture and And your love of this hot shin guy. Yeah, and (laughs) they've apparently broken the cycle, and they tell Shen, this is your last life, live it well. So he doesn't have to be a monk anymore. He gets to just go be a teenager. They turn to each other and they're like, should we go get some cappuccinos? And they're like, yeah. And then they grab hands and they run off and the scene goes black. And that's the end of the fucking that, movie. The credits roll, motherfucker. No, hey, let's go to homecoming together and watch Jessica get her crown because we don't give a shit anymore and we're just going to go have fun. Let's not go resolve dad's midlife crisis. We're not going to like wrap up the whole homecoming thing, which is literally in the title of the movie with a nice little bow. No? Okay. Mom's going to get fired for all of the mess at the museum. Nothing. She's going to run off and get cappuccinos. The end. All right. I had to do my standard. What was the good in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't just want to shit on something for an hour. There were some really great moments of really great martial arts stunts. I think that they really did try to honor the Chinese culture as best they could. That is true. I mean, first of all, cheers to them for having a movie that came out in 2006 that had an almost entirely Asian cast anyway. That was pretty far ahead of their time. And I do think they were really respectful of Asian culture and Chinese culture specifically. I agree with you. The martial arts was too good for a Disney Channel movie. They were doing some pretty great stuff. And honestly, as much as I was joking before about it being an episode of Power Rangers, some of the martial arts in it was better than a Power Rangers episode. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of it was. So I shit on it a lot. But to a point, that was a highlight for this movie. That's pretty much the only good thing about this movie (laughs) for me. I did also like that in the end, that final scene, she and Shen are really fighting as equals. At this point, he has sacrificed himself to save her, she's helped save him, and their fighting ability seems pretty equal. I liked that there was no, like... You're the warrior, you have to do this. Right, like, you're the warrior, I'm a useless dude sidekick, or... You're supposed to be the hero, but I'm going to come in as the dude and save you anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was partners. Yeah, they did good establishing kind of an equal partnership in them, which I thought was pretty choice. Okay, so Bob, out of, let's see, what do we want to do? Let's do bamboo sticks. Ooh, I was going to say bamboo sticks or cupcakes? Bamboo sticks. Fuck her cupcakes. 
<laughs> I meant the dog. Oh, cupcake the dog. <laughs> okay, cupcake the dog. I'll I'll give you dog. Okay. I'll always pick a dog. On a scale of one to five cupcakes, how many how many puppers would you give this movie? Uh, you can only have two cupcakes. Uh, that's the limit. That's exactly where I'm at. And if this movie did not have good martial arts, it would be doing worse. Yeah. The martial arts bumped it up to a two. Yeah. As far as watchability goes, this is not a good movie. No. The martial arts is the only good stuff in it. We've seen some bad stuff. We've seen the boy who talked to badgers, and the badgers didn't give a shit. And this was edging that. Yeah, we went back, because we had kind of talked in the last podcast that we needed to go back and kind of look at what we've rated things in past episodes, just so we make sure that our scale is staying accurate. And we went back and looked at what we rated all the other Disney Channel original movies we had. And I am shocked to say that I'm actually rating this lower than Double Teamed. Yeah. Because both of those girls fucking sucked. <laughs> but I feel like that movie at least had something to say. Wendy does some personal growth in this movie but it's almost as like a back burner kind of thing and there is this theme of we need to you know honor our embrace your culture and... culture and yeah but it didn't go anywhere right they didn't really do anything with it and half the movie is just her bitching about homecoming yeah i just i feel like they really missed the mark as far as trying to get a point across or teach kids anything it was just an excuse to have a bunch of martial arts so yeah not not my favorite all right, Bob. Since I am cursed and should never, ever roll, ever, apparently, do you want to roll for next week's movie? I do. Give me one sec. All right, here we go. Roll away. Spin that wheel. One hundred and fifty-nine. Please, God, not another Disney Channel original movie. Oh no! You said one fifty-nine. God damn it, Bob. Damn it, Bob. You went racist. It's Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. <laughs> God. Well, it's not a Disney original movie. I think it was an ABC original movie. Yeah. Well. Whose idea was this podcast anyway? Put your pirate hat on, everybody. We're going to the river. <sighs> okay. Um. Well, then. We hope you guys join us in two weeks for our next film review adventure. On Thursdays now. Now on Thursdays. That's right. I put out a message today on Facebook. It just, it was a poor idea of mine to have the podcast drop on Tuesdays. I did it because not a lot of podcasts do drop on Tuesdays. So I thought I would be original, but I'm normally off on Thursdays. So Tuesdays are right at the end of my work week. And I feel really bad that flat tires and dogs eating shit have postponed the posting of some of my episodes. I know that being punctual is really important to a lot of podcast listeners, and we want to be respectful of that, and we want to set ourselves up for success, and we don't want to disappoint you guys. We respect you. We do, and we appreciate you greatly. So we are going to have episodes drop on Thursdays now. That way, if some kind of shit hits the fan or goes in the dog's mouth and comes back out, <laughs> I have more of time to get the episode up. So that is going to be the plan from here on out. They will drop on Thursdays, which means that you will be listening to this on... They know what day it is. The 4th. And <laughs> the next episode will be up on the 18th. Also, while we're talking podcasts, I just want to throw another shout out out to my podcast buddies over at Welcome Home Podcast. If you guys love Disney parks or you are 
Disney Vacation Club members or you're curious about being Disney Vacation Club members, go give them a listen. They're good dudes. And uh, if you are looking for more film review fun, go check out my buddy Damon's podcast, Boomtron, in which they watch an obscene amount of Netflix movies so that you don't have to and tell you whether or not you should. So go give those guys some love. They're good dudes. All right. So we hope you guys will join us in two weeks for, I'm sure, the timeless and not at all politically incorrect Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can shoot us an email the old-fashioned way at Disney Roulette Podcast at gmail.com. Hey, Bob, how do you get the orange off your fingers? Suck them! <laughs>